0: I have a lot of iu people that i'm around and they annoy me
1: personally uh i think i'm pretty perfect and there's not much i need to change
0: we don't pr- we don't promote that here in the bait jack i'm just going to try to keep the Bait Shack running that means that 98 percent of teams in college basketball do better than all miss after timeouts
1: kermit davis's new year's resolution should be no more timeouts
0: but the hype is making him sound like lebron i think he's going to end up one of the best guards in all miss history my go-to
2: light beer Definitely going to be the Nickel of Ultra.
0: Lacroix is for people that use the office as a personality.
1: <laughs> beer of choice would definitely be Miller Lite. I think that's the that's the good old boy beer. I
0: wanted to congratulate Old Pish on the uh,
1: beer to the Blooming Onion Bowl. Howdy.
2: Welcome to the Bait Shack Podcast, presented by Hashtag Come to the Shack. Your home for freshwater fishing tips, grumblings from the grove, big game banner, and all the chum you can feed on regarding University of Ole Miss Athletics. We're coming to you from the Land Shark Lounge on Lake Sardis, so grab a cold one, sit back, and reel in the Bait Shack cast. Welcome to episode 16 of The Bait Shack. We hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas and Santa treated you all extremely well. If he didn't, don't worry, you can still get an official Bait Shack t-shirt by visiting www.thebaitshackoxford.com. It's the Swiss Army knife of shirts, perfect to lounge in at home this winter, and it's sure to be the talk of the town when worn this spring. And before we wrap up the ads, no podcast would be complete without mentioning you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Shack underscore, along with following on Spotify. little special note, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to go to our page and rate us five stars. It's one of the easiest ways you can support us as we get off the ground. And if you're really feeling it, leave us a review too. Tonight, we're joined by Matt Barnhouse, who you can find at Matt Barnhouse. That's M-A-T-T-B-A-R-N-T-H-O-U-S-E. And he's on to discuss his For the Dang Kids Charity Bowl. We're going to be talking new year's resolutions we've got some hookers and hoops with kyle but not randy so matt's going to fill in for him there we've got some fresh bait where we're going to discuss our favorite light beers and last but not least we're also going to touch on some winter fishing tips to help you reel them in this winter now as we get into it let's go over to matt to tell us more about his for the dang kids charity bowl matt welcome to the bait shack Tell us what you're working on.
0: Well, for those that don't know, I'm currently in exile in the Midwest, the land of uh, bland, bland Midwestern cuisine, um, Jello as as a delicacy here. But like, but that that leaves this person that I have a lot of IU people that, that I'm around, and they annoy me. So I'm like, "Darn it, we're gonna have to just donate to charity." So you've on my pen tweet on my Twitter account, basically. If you're an Ole Miss fan, donate to the Ole Miss link, and it goes to the St. Jude's Hospital. If you are, if you are an IU fan, or you just want to be nice to some kids in Indianapolis, donate to the IU link, and we're trying, we're just trying to raise money for some children's hospitals. We know the stimulus checks are coming up, and it was just, it was just a way to get some of the IU fans I knew involved, and some of the Ole Miss fans I knew involved, and help in the what the kids call uncertain times. For all if being an Ole Miss fan has taught us anything is that it is uncertain until the final buzzer and the final, you know, whistle.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so for everybody at home, again, that's at Matt Barnthouse, And that's M-A-T-T-B-A-R-N-T-H-O-U-S-E. Uh, and like you said, it says pinned tweet uh, where you can donate to your preferred team or area, whether it's Indiana or Ole Miss. Uh, both are through the GoFundMe uh, campaigns. So, awesome cause you guys are doing there, and hopefully uh, we can raise more money than those guys can,
0: for sure. Well, I don't know. Those Midwest people really love striking on their values and then not acting on them. So, yeah, you'll probably beat them. But with that, let's get into it. Um, Obviously,
2: end of the year, good time to donate some money, maybe get a little tax write-off if you need it right before the end of the year. Um, At the same time, great to benefit and help others that are really kind of hurting this year, especially in the middle of a pandemic lots of kind of uncertainty going on. And like Matt said, you know, this is a way to help the kids out, uh, especially um, whether it's at St. Jude or for the uh, Indiana charity where they've got it going on. Um, But with that, let's get into some New Year's resolutions to kick off the new year. Um, Kyle, I know you love New Year's resolutions. You're talking about this ahead of time, uh, especially not wanting to talk about Christmas gifts at all. Uh, what, What are your New Year's resolutions this year? Oh, I said I didn't like them. They're always phony and they
3: never get followed. Um,
2: so, so, I, so, yeah, you know, I have about three or four days left. So, uh, funny how that works out that you get called on. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't
3: prepared, but hey, I don't have one anyway. So, give me uh, three or four days. I might, you know, have
2: something up my sleeve for Wednesday. We'll see. That works. So, Kyle's New Year's resolution is going to be to try to find a resolution by the new year. <laughs> well, that's what it was last year. I've got four more days left. So, That works. Soren, you got any uh, New Year's resolutions?
4: Yeah, I think that my New Year's resolution this year is to uh, not be as much of an absolute dickhead to people. And so, look, I mean, I have to say that, you know, with with those with those words um, and that choice of verbiage just because of you guys don't know me, but like I'm. You know, I'm, I'm very not a nice person. So, you know, I'm going to try to be nicer to people. I may uh, actually go donate to Matt's uh, charity event thing that he's doing, you know. might try to kick it off. And The hater said you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah okay. The ha- prove, prove the haters wrong. I will. I'll, I'll say I'm gonna it. I'm going to have to do, it. do it. I'm going to you, I'm gonna have to do it. And I think that I will. Um, you know, it may not be much because I'm poor and I'm broke and I'm a college student. So, um, but yeah, you know, I think I may kick off the new year right and go donate, you know. Be, be a good uh, be a good voice for uh, for the kids
2: well we appreciate it, soren and on our show you've always been a nice guy so unfortunately the haters will hate to hear that uh scotty you got any new year's resolutions coming up this year
1: uh well personally uh i think i'm pretty perfect and there's not much i need to change so uh so really my only resolution would probably just be to stop arguing with state fans on twitter i think that's like the that's my one vice in life i think uh I get into a lot of arguments with them. I stoop down to their level. I get down to their little intelligence field, and uh, it leaves me feeling empty afterwards. It leaves me with just an empty feeling, just knowing I just uh, battled it on a social media app with a Mississippi State fan who is probably 30 IQ levels under me. So that's my, uh, my New Year's resolution, is to stop getting in uh, fights with dog Twitter. No more. No more Mississippi State. Oldness, Miss uh, Twitter beefs.
2: Oh, I love it. Well, and before the year comes to an entire close, uh, I think we do actually have some fresh bait voicemail from uh, somebody that might be going by the name of 662Dog. So we'll give you a little oh, no. end, end of year.
1: Uh, uh, that's like the main one I need to stop arguing with. So <laughs> this is great. I mean, not, I don't think this really. new year's resolution is going going to go very well.
0: That's
2: all right. That's why I got four days left. Uh, yeah. Matt, any, uh, any new year's resolutions for you?
0: Um, I it's 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 usually the same one every year. It's the same one every year. Usually doesn't go through but we're gonna try it again this year. It's really hard to date in twenty twenty. But we're gonna try to date two supermodels because one isn't playing the field enough. Um three, you're probably having commitment issues, but if you can date two supermodels, you're showing that you can be a committed man and have good taste. I will I will date Haley Williams of Paramore though. So that's that's she is on the docket. That's a terrible thing to say. Haley, don't listen to the pod. Um, But basically, yeah, I'm going to date two supermodels. It's going to be a good time. I can't wait.
4: What type of mo- my- models they are? Can they be, like, maybe a- adult actresses, or do they have to be, like, you-, you know what I'm saying?
1: Preferably adults. Preferably adults, yeah. They should probably be adults.
4: Well, not shit, I'm saying... <laughs> i'm not saying child actresses <laughs> but we don't pro- we don't promote that here in the Bake jack um we're, but
2: <laughs> oh wow did
4: we yeah. even make
3: it 10 minutes this time
4: oh, no, wow. i meant like as in like jesus like uh <laughs> i'm sure everyone else i'm pretty sure the difference between model
0: and supermodel is exposure to nuclear waste which gives them superpowers and so and i understand that those superpowers will come in great handy when i am in trouble and that is why i want to date these supermodels this Okay. Guy's trying to
1: f- wonder woman nice <laughs> uh, uh good luck give with that i don't hey know man, how old that, she that was now but
4: hey, if you pull it off i think she's an adult I,
2: I will say you know best of luck to that you know lofty expectations shoot for the moon otherwise you'll land up amongst the stars so hopefully you'll get one of those I I unfortunately I don't think I have that lofty of goals I'm just going to try to keep the bait shack running for another year so we can have uh some more fun for for 2021 coming up here so Hopefully, uh, the listeners also make a resolution of sticking with us, and and we'll uh, we'll grow this thing pretty big. Um, but on that, we're gonna shift over because Matt, you're on on here because obviously your specialty is gonna be rebel basketball. Uh, I know you and Kyle have been kind of talking about a few things, and so gonna give you guys the floor here to kind of take over and kind of give us a rundown. I, I think uh, there's some mention might be a little bit of a a non-con recap. Uh, might have some strengths weaknesses on what the team's kind of looking like right now Uh, maybe a little bit of a a Bama preview Um, and then also just kind of I don't know where you you got this list but 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 he's got the inside information what can you say and uh, maybe maybe we'll talk some projections again this week so always love to hear those and uh, so yeah the floor is uh, y'all. Kyle, you want to lead it off? Yeah, absolutely.
3: Um, so I think we'll kick off with the non-conference. I know last week we touched a little bit on the uh, the game against UT Martin. Um, Matt, what do you like? Like, what have you seen in the non-conference players' schedule? You know, different things.
0: First off, I want to establish one thing. I do like the way it dribbles up and down the court, and basketball is my favorite sport. But on a Rebel basketball front, let me get my notes out. Um, basically. The conference, the non-conference schedule, out of necessity, was relatively cake. We did not play a lot of good opponents, which which is kind of concerning. But due to coronavirus, you, you pretty much let it slide because they did have some good schedule. They had to cancel a lot of games, yada, yada, yada. But even though that, they're beating the teams that they should beat by 40, by 40, so that's good. They're consistent on defense. That's very good. Um, And the emergence of guys like Romello White, and Luis Rodriguez have been great for the Rebels because they're just guys that you need. They're not gonna be guys that drop twenty five. They're not gonna be guys that do the flashy things, but they keep everything together so that guys like Devontae Schuler can score and do his role. So that guys like K J Buffin can be KJ Buffin and do his role and it's it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I think that this Ole Miss team is very good. They're going to be frustrating at times on the offensive end, but that defensive end is so – they can compete with anybody in the country, my man.
3: Absolutely. I like to like what I hear there. Um, and then I think we're going to talk a little bit, where can we improve?
0: Well, the, the, the first glaring weakness is after timeouts. Um, I'm looking at the stats here and my super-duper NASA-level Super duper like I can access every little film clip of the Ole Miss Rebels and they're in the second percentile in um after timeout plays. That means that ninety eight percent of teams in college basketball do better than Ole Miss after timeouts.
3: Yeah, so not coming out I, strong in the timeouts. Um
0: not coming out strong in the timeouts. Two other players, um, Matthew Morrell and Austin Crowley. What's up? What um? What
2: exactly are they doing in the timeout? Yeah, this that, that just are perplexed not me. On coming out of that,
0: yeah, like, are they watching iPads? Like, what what are they doing? Because because I'm not in the huddle with them. As it turns out, I can't tell you, but I do know that Ole Miss is a very defensive focused team, and offensively they run mostly motion, which really doesn't have as many set plays, um, and that may have something to do with it. Because me but after. I couldn't tell you, man.
2: I hope that it's not Warren giving them his adult film star links while in the mounts. That's just my only hope. You could
3: have the wrong film. Is that hey, what you're saying?
4: Don't, don't expose me.
0: I've been watching, yeah, just watching the wrong film. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's something that it's like, even with like, the thing about their their offensive struggles is mostly a lot of it is just they haven't been hitting shots. But then after timeouts is so glaringly below everywhere else on their offensive struggles. Like, okay, maybe it's something to figure out here.
3: Yeah. Um, I hadn't noticed that yet, so I'm glad you brought that up. I'm gonna have to keep an eye out for it now. I think is there anything else you need to touch on as far as you know strengths and on the offensive side, besides obviously coming out stronger, we need, you know, anything that we can do better to maybe facilitate a little more scoring. I know we struggled on that side of the
0: ball. But basically, I talked to I talked to someone on the Dayton coaching staff last week and it's something that I've always suspected, but KJ Buffett needs to be able to shoot threes. I'm not saying he needs to be Kyle Corver, but he needs to be able to hit at about 35% on three or four attempts a game because teams are just going to gap him all day and it's going to clog up the paint and nobody can penetrate. But then nobody can, and that lack, that in an emotional offense, you need to have constant movement, whether it be driving to the hoop or passing and cutting. And when you can be gapped like that, it limits the amount of space you can move to and clogs up the entire offense, which Kermit Davis' teams have always thrived on being. Have a bunch of guys who are in that six five to six eight range, being able to basically be interchangeable in offensive positions, and yeah. And if you're going to be able to gap someone as much as they gap KJ Buffin, and every team does it, um, it's just gonna it's just gonna stop any offensive flow. And in a motion offense, you need offensive flow. Other things like Matthew Morell and Austin Crowley, you're there to score. And when I say score, I mean I don't mean two dribbles into a contested floater like some of when I'm looking at the film, I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm saying you are gonna get five or six possessions a game at this point in your career. Stand in the corner, be ready to be a third option and hit those shots. That's all we need from you. It's going to open up the offense, but I'm not seeing that right now. Um I do think it's gonna come. I think they're talented enough to do it, but they have to embrace that role and be ready to just catch and shoot. Maybe drive if they over if they over um, help on defense if they over close out. And once that that's actually gonna help with KJ Buffin if he if he gets a three point shot because guess what KJ Buffin can pass. KJ Buffin can drive the hoop. I mean he isn't he isn't Steve Nash when he's passing, but for a big he's a very good passer. Um, and it just 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 having the mere threat of occasionally being able to hit a three will open up the game for him. And I think I honestly believe this. He's an all sec player. If he can even become an average three point shooter, cause he's already got the defense. He's already got the rebounding ability. He can finish if he gets momentum, but you have no chance to get momentum when they're gapping you like that. And so I think that's going to be a vital part. I don't know if it happens this year, but I'm talking long-term as we go into conference play, your hope is that he has a little bit more confidence to shoot that.
3: Yeah. Um, and I think we uh, saw a little bit of that last week. He kind of broke out against UT Martin. And um, to your point about Crowley and uh, Morrell, the catch and shoot kind of being that third option, we definitely saw that last week. You know, it was this easier opponent with UT Martin. Um, but they did kind of show the ability, and I think it'll be interesting to see if they can do that against Alabama, who will be playing this week. Um, and I know for Alabama, the main guys that I've seen um, is. Down low, you got Herbert Jones, you got Jordan Bruner. Um, these are two of the probably best down low big guys that we face this year. So I think Ramilo White's going to have his hands full. Um, especially Herbert Jones is a defensive um, presence as well, bigger than anyone he's had so far to deal with. Um, and they're also just two really, really large big bodies. So I believe we usually start White and Buffin down there. I don't know if we'll go with a different lineup with this week because this is a six eight guy and six ten guy. Um, so this will be, yeah, this is a matchup I'm really interested to see.
0: Um, luckily for us, um, we are the 98th percentile in post-up defense. We are, we might be the 99th percentile. I have not checked and I, we are somewhere between 98th and 99th percentile, which means we're really freaking good at that. We sometimes struggle with the perimeter defense, but that's just the nature of our morphing one, three, one defense where you, you make your sacrifices. You're trying to wreak havoc. Occasionally you're going to give up corner three. Um, but we're very good in the, with post-defense. And if a team specializes in the post, playing a grit and grind it out, we're going to have advantages with that.
2: Yep. Uh, on that note, you guys are saying basically we'll be good on the post play, but we're going to probably struggle with this perimeter play. I don't
0: want to say struggle because I'm so used to Andy Kennedy era, which Andy Kennedy, you know, he, he was my boss, but we just focused more on offense. And so when we str- when we say struggle on perimeter defense in a different context to what we're used to, when I say struggle on the perimeter defense, we have the number six defense in the country. It's just going to mean our perimeter defense might at times be average rather than be completely yeah. stout.
2: And so what I was really just kind of trying to bring up is Alabama leaves the SEC in uh, three-point field goal attempts
0: at 242 this year. Um, basically, they're averaging. How many are they making? They're
3: shooting 30%.
2: Yeah,
0: then go ahead and shoot. If you're going to shoot 30% from three, let them shoot threes.
2: All day. That's just what I was thinking. It was basically, they, they they throw it up from outside, so it's like, if that's going to be our weakness, is that something that they're going to be able to jump on?
0: Or If they're it- shooting 30%, that's that's a weakness for them. It's a weakness for us, too. We're at 28%. I think it's a weakness for everybody. I I hope that a lot of – if I was a coach with the new dimensions, I'd be watching a lot of European tape because it's just slightly different angles with the new three-point line, and you, you're going to have to adjust your offense a bit. You've, this is year two of it. But I'm curious to see if coaches are watching European tape. At least that's what I would do.
3: Um, and then kind of going back to what Earl was saying with the post play, how we were going to have a strong post presence. I agree. I think defensively we should be okay. Um, the main concern there is that both Jones and Bruner, they shoot threes a lot. This is a new part of Jones' game too, by the way. He was handicapped offensively last year. He wasn't the threat at all. And now this year he's broken out. Um, and he's suddenly shooting threes at a high percentage as well. Uh, I think the good thing for us on that is that we have really good help defense and switch. De- we do our switches really well. Um, so I think hopefully we'll be okay there. Um, but my concern more was Romello white getting kind of handled down low uh, by these two guys. Cause they're both very sound defensively uh, Jones and burner. So that'll be kind of, we'll have to see what happens with that.
0: And hopefully Kadeem sees back. He's been out for undisclosed reasons, which if, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't know why he's out. Like I'm, I have my contacts on the inside, and if even if I did, I wouldn't tell you because if it's undisclosed, it's staying undisclosed. But I hope he's back because he's another guy that he was very good in the couple of t- minutes he played this year. But you know, I hope he and his family are safe.
3: Um, one more note on Alabama: uh, John Petty Jr. and James Rojas were held out of last game uh, for undisclosed reasons by coach. He didn't. I haven't been able to find anything for sure to say if they're playing Wednesday. If Petty is held out, that'd be big for us. He's um, one of their good offensive weapons. Anyway, we'll move on to conference projections. And I know earlier
2: this year, all I want to say is also on this last yeah. note. I just hope we can actually start taking a chisel because I was looking at the series in this, and Alabama leads one twenty-three uh, to fifty-eight again. We could have not brought that up.
0: Look, man, we played. We. Pl- <laughs> We almost Miss, Miss was the worst power Ole Miss was the worst <laughs> power five football, job until Andy crap. Kennedy got there, and I don't think many people deny that. Um
3: oh God, that's
0: it's when you're bad for a hundred years, you're gonna it's not gonna look good.
3: I was gonna say I brought this up to Matt, even with the ten years that Andy Kennedy gave us where we had twenty one seasons every year, every other year at least, I believe we still had the worst all time record in the SEC. So it's still a very bad but you know the the great historical thing job. is
0: do you know what the thing is about if you talk about history which is a major problem like Indiana University they love their history um if you go to Indiana they think it's 1988 and Ronald Reagan is president they 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 want to think they think they're duke they're north carolina they have not done anything since 1992 they haven't done anything since the internet's been invented but gosh darn it if you keep trying to live off your history you can you can pretend oh we're just old miss we're never going to be good. Or you can be like IU and be like, "Oh, we should right. be a blue blood. Therefore, we're not going to build a foundation that's been crumbling underneath us for the past, you know, thirty years. And we're going to fire anybody that shows any promise." But um, I'm I'm you can cut that out if you want. I I, I live in Indiana. I live in Indiana, <laughs> and like I I I deal with all these IU fans. Brad Stevens doesn't come to IU. Brad Stevens isn't coming to IU. Brad Stevens isn't coming to IU. He's not leaving the Boston Celtics. I'm sorry, Indiana. He's just not. Shots fired.
1: Stop talking about Tom Crean like that. Stop talking about Tom Crean. So what I'm, what I'm hearing is that Kermit Davis's New Year's resolution should be no more timeouts. That's what I'm hearing yeah. from, from this conversation.
0: I'm hearing this too. Hey, um, Greg, funny enough, that's a philosophy. Like Greg Marshall, for all of... Greg Marshall, which is not the best name to bring up right now, but that was his philosophy. I think he gave, at Wichita State, he would call like two timeouts a season. Oh, wow. Because apparently, you know, well, I'm trying to get a job in college basketball, so I'm going to hold if my If you can, find
3: the numbers for what the scoring run is after an Ole Miss timeout, because I swear I've seen, not maybe not immediately after we have success, but I swear, like, when he does call timeouts, we've gone on good runs. But I don't know if that's, like, that's broken down. To
1: I think I think it's also really early too, and so like the the bad three point percentage and all that. I've noticed that like our team at least they they get better and better as the season progresses with the three point. Like they always start coming off a little, you know, a little a little spotty with the three points and the, the field goal percentage in general, and then and then it usually does progress a little bit by. Uh, by SEC play. So do you see that at all, Matt? Do you see, like, any sort of...
0: you got to remember, this team wasn't able to practice with each other for, like, three, two, three weeks yeah, exactly. before their season started. And then they played, like, six games in maybe a 10-day span. I can't remember. Um, but basically, it's... This season's dumb. This is a really dumb season. That's why nobody's eligibility is losing up their eligibility. That's why I'm currently not working in college basketball. I was There was a lot of jobs I was trying to get that were canceled because of this virus. I was running up for two mid-major jobs. This isn't the Matt Barnhouse sob story hour, but that's just the reality of what this is. Teams are doing more with less. I've seen instances <laughs> where video coordinators are now being done by student managers when normally that's like a $40,000 hour job. Not $40,000 oh, hour, $40,000, <laughs> $40,000, $40,000 $40, a oh, year. Hell yeah, dude, so jump on these, that. These, these, these teams are doing more with less they're not able to practice as much. They're not able to build that team chemistry, and it's showing on the on the on-court product. You look at the NBA; those are the best players in the world. Well, guess what? These are college kids. That that level is is much lower than you would think, especially when you don't have time to practice with each with each other. So funny,
1: funny point. Uh, so you said that it was like the before Andy Kennedy got here, it was the least desirable job in in college basketball. Does that bring up the point that Marshall Henderson single handedly turned the program around and and made it made it what it is? And should we call the pavilion the house that Marshall built? Like A M does Um,
0: Yeah if you if you want to completely ignore Reggie Buckner and Matthew Holloway's amazing defense that allowed Marshall to be productive despite being one of the worst defenders in the country, yes, then then yes. Marshall was very Marshall was very good in his role, in the sense that we had great offensive rebounders, so that when he, he was able, yeah. when he was missing, guess what? We had Reggie and Murphy there to to put it back. Um, he's one of those guys where if he's if he's in the right role, he can kick butt. If he if he's has to run your offense, you're probably probably not there. But he he was able to just run off. There's this one. I think his senior year, we had a bunch of young talent coming. In. That was Sebastian's freshman year. That was my freshman year too. We had like three plays, and one of them was just that same double screen to Marshall, and we would just run that every single play. It was, and it worked. We won twenty games.
1: I'll say what you want about his defense, but he was the best corner in the game, no doubt. Basketball,
0: he, he was the best bad shot taker in NCAA history. Yeah, man. yeah,
1: he took a lot of bad shots, but somehow... No, but,
0: but he made them. Yeah, he made about, them. let's
1: say somehow they went in. Like, I, I don't understand it. He's just, he's got that clutch gene. Glad he's back in
0: the- Moody, like, that's the thing about, like, Stefan Moody was, was like, more cl- Like, I looked at the Stefan Moody numbers the other day. He shot um 66% on shots within four seconds of the shot clock. Um, normally, normally that number is like for a normal players, like 28 to 30 percent you just don't have time. He, yeah, he, he shot 66 um, percent. He was the most clutch player I've ever been around, the best pound for pound basketball player I've ever been around. And that's, I've worked out Terrence Davis, I've Brian Tyree. But I'm talking about like if Stefan Moody was six foot two, he would have been in a top five draft. Matt, but, where you
3: got us finishing in conference play?
0: Um, I don't want to, like, I think it's better this year to rank the SEC in tiers because it's basically tennessee's number 1 then you've got your missouri then it's missouri i'm not this is not in order just tennessee's number 1 and the next couple schools are not in order you've got florida lsu ole miss and arkansas yeah, missouri I'm probably missing too, right? one if i'm missing one yeah. let me know georgia they're
3: frauds they've had an easy season they're undefeated but i don't i'm not convinced
0: yeah is georgia is georgia good i have not been checking up on those bulldogs
2: seen them at seven 0
0: they did beat my Cincinnati Bearcats, yes, um, but they, you know, so they must be good, um, but um, so yeah, let's see, um, so basically what I'm trying to say is that they, they could finish anywhere in that two to six range, their defense is good enough to where I, I find it very difficult to think that they'll ever be, that they're gonna, it's gonna be a very consistent, it's, they're gonna be very consistent, um, I hope that they shoot better, for the love of God, I hope they shoot better. I'm sure Kermit is thinking the same way. I'm sure every single player on that team is thinking the same thing too. Um, They need to shoot better. They need to hit open shots. They need to quit the floaters off the dribble with 22 seconds left on the shot clock. It's going to take more discipline, but that comes with time and that comes with actually being able to play with each other, which once again, this season is stupid and dumb. It's going to be stupid and dumb.
3: No, I think you said it best. Uh, It's going to take some time for them to mesh. I think you'll see the offense get better as the season goes on. It's impressive that the defense was there from the start, though. So
0: you have a lot of good players. And the thing is, kermit he he, he This is bo- almost the ideal Kermit team. Kermit wants a bunch of guys who are six foot five to six foot nine, who are quick and have long arms. Um, what you know, and it's it's gonna be interesting to see how Deshaun Ruffin fits in because he's incredible. He's five foot nine. But that's 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 another story for another day
1: yeah Ruffin was my uh, I was about to ask you about him he was my uh, like my favorite commit out of this past class and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to see what he can do you
0: know I think he's suffering a bit of Malik Newman syndrome where he's a very good player who's going to contribute right away but the hype is making him sound like LeBron um, and so if he goes in and averages maybe 10 11 points a game his freshman year people could be like people are gonna be like what what? Oh, I thought he was supposed to be this huge superstar. It's like, no, 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 don't get me wrong. He's gonna be a huge superstar. Yeah. He will be. Yeah. He's gonna be I think he's gonna end up one of the best guards in all Miss history. But I don't I'm not sure he's a guy that's gonna come in and average twenty-five points a game from day one. And so so and that I just remember being a part of Malik Newman's recruitment. We didn't win that one, obviously, and that was the hype going on. Like he was this game changer prospect that was gonna Take your program to the Final Four from day one. And when you're at, he's like, he was a very skilled guard who was very good, and he had a very good media team behind him. Um, but he's not someone that necessarily he's not LeBron James. And I don't think, and I think they've got to keep expectations to Deshaun Ruffman's going to contribute and he's going to grow. Um, and you're and you hope that by his sophomore junior year he's all SEC maybe an All American. But that freshman year, you just hope that he contributes, and I think that's the most you can ask for someone of that of that star rating. Like I think being a high four-star, low five-star means that I'm going to contri- I'm going to play significant minutes and contribute on a winning team. And now, if you're in that top ten, it's like I'm going to I can help game change a program immediately. But Deshawn Ruffin's not quite there. He's still very good, and I do think he will be All SEC and potentially an All-American with time. And he might even have a shot at the league, even with his stature.
1: Well, regardless of what happens with Ruffin this season, that commitment video of him pulling up in his Camaro, blasting little baby, legendary. Oh, legendary. First team,
0: all oh, cool for sure. He is. He is. He might be the most like of everybody in this 2021 class. He has the, yeah. the most trip. He has the most trip. Ole Miss is getting yeah, the drippiest candidate him of them all. pulling up
1: in the Camaro, blasting little baby. That was. That was. uh that looks unbelievable. Yeah, that's a kind of video last have
0: He is first team all cool. I'm excited for him, man. Un- unless, unless I get hired by a different SEC school, then I'm very much not excited to have to game plan for him, but that's that's for another day.
3: Yeah, do you want to do a tournament? For, I mean, it's early.
0: All Miss will be a sixth seed. Ole Miss will be a sixth seed, um, will a sixth seed and they will, they will go – they will have a chance if given the right matchup to make the Sweet 16 because Kermit Davis is built for the tournament. When the going gets tough, that's when you go start going for those defenses. At the same time, this is also one of those teams that they could get a six, a high seed, and then just just get the tar beaten out of them in the first round because they can't shoot. So I, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a team where they're so good on defense that if they can just even get something that resembles an offense, they could. They're not gonna win the national championship unless. Well, given this virus, they could win the national championship. You know, just saying. I think that they're going to be a sixth seed. I think they're going to make at least a round of 32 and make a a potential run for the Sweet 16. Um, And it's going to be a fun ride. This team's going to come together. It's a very likable team. Even guys like Jarkel Joyner, he's he's a guy that maybe is going to get like 9, 10 points a game. He's the leader in that locker room. Outworks everybody. Everybody appears to like each other. It's, a, it's an easy team to get behind yeah. if you just get to know the players a little bit.
2: Awesome. Well, it sounds like that's kind of everything all of our teams are doing right now. It seems like the football team, everybody's having fun. Sounds like the basketball team, everybody's having fun. Last year, it looked like the baseball team, everybody's having fun. As is usual, Ole Miss is number one party school, <laughs> so everybody comes here and has some fun. All right, so yeah, let's get into some fresh bait. What really matters. We've got a multiple-time caller, Wesley Woodyard. Wood- Woodyard? I don't know. I don't know. Woodward. <laughs> Woodward. Woodward. Squidward. Woodward. Yeah.
4: yeah. Wesley Squidward. Yep, that's it. Wesley Squidward.
1: Alright, saw your twitter
4: tweet this morning
1: and had to uh had to make a statement. Um, my go to light beer, definitely gonna be the of Ultra. I uh, you know, just you gotta cut the carbs. I'm starting to get really super fat. Um and it's the best way to just keep drinking beer and not get super, super fat, but you still, you know. And it it definitely does change. Um, if you're at Swayze, you're on a boat. If, if, if I'm at Swayze, I'm probably either drinking Natty Light or I'm drinking Bush Light. But if I'm on a boat, I'm definitely going for the
2: better, which is, which would be the Nickelodeon Ultra. Um, and if you drink warm beer, beer, there's something wrong with you and you really need to, need to, uh, search your soul and realize, um, if you're liking, liking that, then you just have problems. All right, boys. So at the end, last week, uh, Chef, who's not with us tonight, uh, had brought up the fact that he enjoys drinking warm beer, specifically uh, one beer in particular, warm, and it was just the most disgusting take I think we've ever heard.
4: The verbatim, the verbatim quote was, he likes to, quote unquote, open up for loco, let them marinate overnight because the carbonation is too much for him to handle. <laughs> that and was then
1: one, one take It was
4: also the warm beer, beer take too. And Awful. It kind of brought up the discussion of
2: overall, what is your go-to light beer and does it change? If you're on a boat, by the pool, at Swayze, drinking in the Grove, you know, what would it be? Uh, Soren, what would you say your, your go-to light beer and in, in what circumstances would it be?
4: I'm going to be honest with you. I would probably have to say Bud Light. For all intents and purposes, I am actually twenty four, so thank you. Um, and so, what I what I like to drink uh, on on a typical if I you know if I am just chilling and, and you know trying to drink light, I usually will drink a Bud Light. I don't like Michelob, and, and, and you know Wesley, you brought up the fact that Michelob has less carbs. And the reason that is, is because they put estrogen in there. They take out the carbs, they put in the estrogen. Um, and so I just, I can't get behind that movement at all. Um, and That's you know, fine. if I'm in Swayze, uh, look, you know, and look, I love Westman. He's great. You know, he's <laughs> a good guy, but I, I just, I want to say that, that, that is just not the beer to be drinking. You know, every, every woman that I know who drinks beer He's a fan of Michelob, and I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just, I'm going to have to go with Bud Light on that.
3: I just wanted to point out off of what Soren was saying. If you're carb watching while drinking light beer, then maybe it's time to just stop drinking beer. I mean, you're not saving that many carbs.
2: Or maybe it's time to actually like hit the Peloton or something different. I mean,
0: what do you got?
3: Yeah, that, that tiny little difference between Michelob and Bush Light isn't really doing much for you. <laughs>
0: Or you could play America and the Southeastern Conference's best sport, which is basketball. <laughs>
3: He's still doing the basketball thing.
0: <laughs> Are they paying him?
2: The NBA is paying him or something.
3: Man's in spin mode,
2: twenty four seven. I love it. Kyle, back to you. That the beer. Uh, I will.
3: I will stick with Bush Light whether I'm in Swayze or anywhere else. But I want it cold, not warm. I can drink it warm, but preferred cold.
0: Matt, you're a your take on your favorite light beer? Not warm. I tried drinking once in my life, and it was a Bud Light, so I, I think by default it has to be Bud Light. But Bud Light gave me all the physical things that go with drinking, without any of the mental stuff, and so I just was very dizzy, and it was not a, a dizzy and nauseous, and it was not a good time. So I'm guessing I guess Diet A and W would be <laughs> the equivalent of a light beer for me, because I tried the Bud Light, it was not a good time. Dye A&W, some nice frozen yogurt. We're having a great time here, man. Whoever had
3: a and frozen yogurt on their video.
0: Okay, I was, was going to say, maybe maybe a cream soda or like a LaCroix. Um, I have taste. LaCroix is for okay. people that use the office as a personality.
4: <laughs> oh. <laughs> you have a mic in that drop. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow holy mother of god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the man basically just said that if you drink lacroix you're a bitch that's dead that, i translation there we go i would i would go for
0: basic because i don't i don't use that language but yes yes i would say that scotty
2: i don't even know how you follow this oh, up but LaCroix. let's let's, oh hear, let's hear your wow. favorite favorite light beer well uh
1: the to- to kind of go off of what Soren said, you know, I'm about six Michelobes deep right now. I don't know why I chose this beer. It was just in the fridge. And yeah, I kind of already feel myself wanting to just drive to the mall right now and go shop at Ulta. So maybe, maybe it does pump you with the estrogen. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm ever drink this beer again. But, uh, my, my beer of choice would definitely be Miller Lite. I think that's the, that's the good old boy beer. No doubt. Uh, I've been drinking it since I was like 11 years old. So, I mean, it's, uh, it can't fail me now. So, you know, it's my it was my first beer ever, and, uh, and I just, you know, you, you always have that connection. You just can't, you can't, I can't ever uh, betray Miller. It's what I'm drinking, regardless if I'm on a nice boat, or just in Swayze, you or, wrong with you know, just, just sitting sitting back and having a six-pack. Always go with Miller. Always go with the Miller Lite. That's my guarantee.
0: And and just for a list note, you, you if if you're six Mickelob Street, you would
4: get an Uber to Ulta, wouldn't you? I will say this. I I wanna say one more thing. I do also I I do really appreciate um Bud Weiser. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I know that it's very, not
2: like, not like you're no. getting into it. No. You're getting into this. I know, I know, beer. but I just, not I had to
4: say beer. it. I can't disrespect Budweiser. I know it's not a light beer, but I just have to point it out because, a Bud, you know, a Budweiser has never done me wrong. Either as a Shiner, Bob, but we're not talking yes, about so was- Bud Heavy. It's a full meal and a glass.
2: Speaking of Shiner. Uh, that is my go-to podcast beer, the Shiner Light Blonde uh, for uh, podcast light beer. That's what you always
3: morning. got over there uh, in your bait shack. Shiner. Solid. Oh, I was wondering, dude. You can never see
1: it
2: outside of that. I'm going with Coors Light, strictly because <laughs> I just enjoy ordering Coors Lights because you can change the accent on it anytime you want, and people will always look at you kind of like questioning you, like, "What did Jeez. you just order?" And it's like, "Well, Coors Light."
1: Can I get a Coors?
0: Oh, absolutely. Do the mountains still turn blue when it's cold on those? But that's that. That is cool. I always love that. Like, I can't like. I don't get to drink it, but I at least get to appreciate the change of the colors. It's like, it's like the artsy drink. The you know, you get, you get
2: color-changing mountains, you get different accents, and however you want to order it, it's it's the all-around beer, in my opinion. Wrapping up beer talk, let's uh, let's we got we got some more fresh bait here, and uh, I think we're going to go down to our friends in Starkville. Uh, I think they might have left us a, a little.
1: Hey, this is six six two dog calling. Uh, I just wanted to congratulate Old Pish on the uh, bid to the Blooming Onion Bowl, but also I just wanted to call and say that uh, I've heard from very trusted sources that Jack Abraham will be in the Heisman race next year. All right, that's all I got
2: to say. Hail State, so, Scotty. You were you're touching on how you have a new New Year's resolution about not not getting into it with state fans, especially on Twitter, but. If state fans are going to call into our voicemail and, and start yeah, especially talking him. Jack Abraham Heisen race. <laughs> you still got four days it's left. Still $20,000. <laughs>
1: oh my god, dude! The, pod, the podcast is the one thing I do to get away from six six two dog, and he follows me here. I I don't even know what to say, man. I feel like I feel like I'm backed into a wall almost. What I'd say about Jack Abraham is he's never going to touch the field. Uh, it's uh, I think he's a former. He's DK Metcalf's quarterback, so you know. I think in high school he probably looked uh, a lot better than he actually was. I see him as being a great, great clipboard holder, and uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a lot of fun uh, being that backup.
3: Scotty, are you surprised six six two dog listens to an Ole Miss podcast though? I mean, it's pretty much on.
1: Not at all. Not at all. I, I ex- almost expected him to you know keep up with all of the the local Ole Miss podcast as much as he keeps up with Ole Miss Twitter so no not at all I was uh, kind of waiting on this I was in the back of my head I was like this day I knew this day would come
2: Kyle your thoughts on uh, Jack Abraham's Heisman race next year I think
3: it'll be as successful as um that Costello kid I honestly <laughs> couldn't remember if it was JK or KJ so I just went with the Costello kid
4: JK Costello just kidding the man set the SCC passing record against the defending national champions, and then just went complete dog doo doo down the drain. After that,
0: looking for a
4: bandwagon, hop on. Uh, like Soren, any any thoughts on,
2: on Jack Abraham or uh, or Mississippi State fans calling into the Bay Chat? Who? I don't know you
4: talking about? <laughs>
0: Is is this six six two dog one of those guys who has like the sunglasses and the car selfie AVI's? Because those guys no, he, he on hides Twitter. behind
3: a bulldog picture.
4: Yeah, really ugly. Looking okay, well oh, they're all those. Okay, oh, well he's a massive pussy. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's it's twenty twenty, my man. It's it's <laughs> it, it's okay. Yeah, I forgot. This is the year the beta males, according to the New York Times.
2: Again, four four days left. Four days left. What, what is actually, so actually that brings up a good point. What's 2021 going to be? You know, we've always heard, oh, it's, it's 2016, you can't do that anymore. Oh, it's 2020, you can't do that anymore. What is 2021? Go ahead, go
4: ahead. It's going to be the, the year of super gonorrhea. Super gonorrhea just dropped. Scotty, I think you bring up a good point. I think it's going to be the year of super gonorrhea. Well,
2: it just, it
1: just sucks because, like, you know, you just get done with COVID. Everyone's been in the house. Everyone's super horny. Everyone's just going to go out and f- a wall if they can. So... It's just a bad time for a super gonorrhea to just emerge. I mean, it's almost like someone's just sitting there just tossing these diseases out left
4: and right.
0: If you're someone like me, whose personality is the most effective form of birth control, it's not going to affect, you know,
4: that much. No, look, as, as Josh McClurg would say about his colorblindness, Matt, this pertains to you. You're just built different. You won't be affected by super gonorrhea.
2: On the Petri dish of super gonorrhea, that has been going around. We do have another Fresh Bait voicemail that I think is going to lead to another question here coming up.
4: Yes, hello, Bait check. I just wanted to call to say that I am not really looking forward to
0: the Outback Bowl. Uh, I would rather play in the Music City Bowl since the Missouri Tiger cannot stop getting COVID-19. Also, uh, I ate a bloomin' onion one time and it made me shit blood
1: for three days. All right, thank you, Bait check. (laughs) So, it brings
2: to a very, very good point. Yeah, blooming onion you should sit for three days straight. Obviously, we're team bloomin onion. Indiana oh, is blooming onion. <laughs> Indiana is team uh, coconut shrimp, all intents and purposes. Would you actually rather have a blooming onion or would you rather have the coconut shrimp at
0: Outback Steakhouse when you take the lady out for a I nice meal? Bloomin' onion, bloom and, onion bloom and onion. It's is very much borrowed time, but I'm going to enjoy it while I'm eating it. Three hours later, let's let's talk about that later. But um, during the actual eating, blooming onion, hundred percent.
4: I think I would. I'd rather have a Bloomin' onion. I don't think I've ever actually had a Bloomin' onion before. Um, so I think it'll be a first time experience for me if if we win, and I, I think that that'll be a really uh, fun experience um, until the part where apparently you shit blood afterwards. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll be, I'm willing to try everything, you know, once. So, we'll see.
0: Indianapolis is the chain restaurant capital of the world, so I can tell you this. If all Miss wins, I will be getting my Bloomin' Onion, because there is an Outback, and also literally every other chain in America, in the great Circle City. The big. If New York is the Big Apple, Indianapolis is the Big Apple piece.
4: I have a question about that. Do they have an In and Out? An In and Out burger. Okay, Indianapolis has all the. Indianapolis
0: has all the chains except the good chains. I, I want to make that. Clear. Whataburger, no water burger. No In and Out. Okay. No water No In and Out. No Bojang- Bojangles. XB's. No. Wow, no. Um. No cookout. They do have Waffle House. So it's pretty much just a
2: bunch of ass.
3: Okay.
0: Indianapolis is like is like. It, I don't want to say Indianapolis is bad it's just like Indianapolis is a Toyota Camry you know what you're getting with a Toyota a Camry are you gonna go you get a lot of miles you've got a house a yard you you're gonna have a dog it's gonna be like a golden retriever which are good dogs but it's not anything exotic um you're it's gonna be the home of Chet and Brenda Chet and Brenda has two kids they get B plus G, a, they get B plus grades they go to the state school and they get a job. Scotty,
2: your your take on if it's a coconut shrimp or blooming Onion? You know,
1: I actually might believe this voicemail because I had two good buddies who worked at uh, Outback State Back for a long time, and they personally told me, they're like, look, we love you, you're a good friend of ours, don't go to Outback. We make the food, don't go to Outback. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's probably correct on this one. I believe his, uh, his statement about him – You know, unfortunately shitting out blood for three days. Um, I'd say neither. I'd say neither. But if I was just, if you held me down and you were like, I'm going to shove Outback appetizer into your mouth right now, you have no choice. I'd I'd say Bloomin' Onion. You'd have to go Bloomin' Onion. The coconut shrimp, that's like a a seafood dish. What the f*** is Outback doing serving coconut shrimp? Uh, I'm not going to trust that at all. I don't trust the blooming Onion, but the coconut shrimp, come on, that's food poisoning, like, just waiting to explode. Like, food, no, hell no.
4: Look, I don't even, th- I was going to say, look, it did not make any sense to me because I don't even think they have shrimp in Australia. So, why, I mean, it doesn't make no sense to me at all.
1: There's definitely a reason that these, that this company is just offering, like, h- hundreds of thousands of free appetizers immediately after a bowl game. is because they both are shit. So, I'm just saying, if a company is sitting there like, yeah, come on, come get an appetizer right after. It's it's not going to be good if it's free. Like, we're, these are two terrible suggestions.
2: So, do you disagree with the uh, free Taco Bell after the first steal of the World Series?
1: Oh, oh, dude. I, I don't eat Taco Bell regardless. So, yeah, I disagree with that. Uh, I, I think I... Uh, I went to Taco Bell whenever I was like ten years old, and all I could hear out of the speaker was these horses that sounded like they were getting murdered. So it's just uh, it kind of uh, gives you an insight into the grade of meat they use, and um, I'll never eat Taco Bell. So in my ready, life, quick, so I got it real quick. If, if,
2: if you had your pick of what fast food establishment would sponsor a bowl game, or you know, some sort of final and you would get free food afterwards, Which who would you pick?
1: Dude, I want to see Zaxby's sponsor a bowl so bad. I love Zaxby's. Zaxby's is a great establishment, great chicken, pretty, pretty cheap for the quality of food. I think Zaxby's needs to go ahead and get on a bowl right now because I would eat the whole damn so menu. The thing on uh, that is the,
2: they actually have the Heart of Dallas Bowl, or they did, it was the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl. I was going to say, they
3: used to day. have one.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no. Dallas what didn't even have, a, like, in the urban area of Dallas, there was no Zaxby's. You had to go out to the suburbs or somewhere else to get it. So, like, it was totally worth it. Well, that was
1: a smart move on their part. Yeah, come, come get a free, free free food after. Oh, sorry, we don't have any location.
4: I really, you know, now that you say this, I really want to see an in and out animal-style bowl so badly. I think that would be just absolutely perfect you know maybe maybe have them you know d- uh, of course it'd have to be somewhere on the west coast where we could actually get in and out it wouldn't make any sense if you had it in like new york or something and so i i, I don't know man M- maybe next year in and out can pick up the slack because honestly i don't care what anyone says that lives on the east coast or in the south or, or wherever there's not in and in and out is that it is one of the best fast food establishments ever and if they would like give you like a free in and out burger double double um with animal style, you know, fries with it, dude, I I would, I would go there. You know, I already go there religiously whenever I'm in the vicinity of one. Um, So yeah, I, I, we need to see that. We need to make that happen. what we'll
2: have to do also is we'll have to get a poll from our listeners as far as, would you prefer Whataburger or In-N-Out? I think there's a pretty big... uh, Texas versus California debate in that regard.
4: I'd agree with you. I say, Look, I don't I, have I anything against, against Texas, Texas, man.
2: But I, I want to see. I, I, it was brought up at Bojangles. Like I would love to be able to go and get a free Cajun fillet biscuit after just a random team wins a bowl
4: game. Like that, I, would, I would be all for that.
1: Bojangles breakfast biscuits super underrated too. Very solid, very solid all around. I'm
4: gonna, I'm gonna admit this. I've never actually had Bojangles before.
1: I went to one after a. Uh, I think uh, Startville, had one for a second. Not to where I'm from, they haven't. They don't have one. So I went right after a uh, a state Ole Miss game, and it was great. It was great. Uh, but you know, like everything in Startville, nothing good lasts there, so it went out of business. Uh, but it was it was wonderful. I had a I had a great breakfast biscuit at about 11 p.m. at night. So you know you can't. Can't beat that.
4: Is it better than the Whataburger honey butter chicken biscuit? Though? No, um, no,
1: dude. Whataburger's okay. undefeated, but but it's solid food. Solid uh, food. Uh, uh, okay. I
2: think next episode, I think we're gonna have to have a little uh, fast food discussion. Maybe talk about uh, what the bait shack's gonna be franchising out in Oxford to uh, get us on the uh, the next level. Uh, all right. Now before we go, we wanted to go ahead and just leave a little uh, little fishing tip. You know, we are the bait shack, so might as well just you know lean right into it. Uh, With that said, though, just like football season, we are getting into the winter months, so the fishing does slow down just a little bit, but winter fishing can be good since the fish often do school tightly together at this time of year. Uh, Fish bite better after a warm, sunny few days. Uh, Unlike the summer, the best bet is to fish midday and on sunny banks, Uh, and be sure to check the water level trends, except for catfish. Fishing is usually better on a slow fall than a fast rise. And even in cold weather, catfish will feed in rainfall runoff. So that's a little interesting. Um, water falling, fish deeper, water rising, fish shallower. So just be sure to remember those little tidbits. Again, that's water falling, fish are deeper. Water rising, fish are shallower. So be sure to go out there, reel one in, catch a big one, and uh, we'll hopefully uh, be getting some some good photos from you guys here uh, next next fishing season. And with that, we're going to wrap up episode 16 of the Bait Shack Thank you very much for listening. Be sure as always to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Bayjack underscore. Thank you very much for Matt Barnhouse. Again, you can follow him on Twitter at, at Matt Barnhouse, M A T T B A R N T H O U S E. As he mentioned at the beginning of the show, the links to his charities are the pinned tweet in his Twitter account. So be sure to give him a follow, be sure to go and click those out. And if you have any extra residual income, be sure to donate to a charity of those choices. And with that, We'll wrap it up. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you.